Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok. And I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and this is one of our News and Cues episodes. The news stands for news, and the cue stands for questions. Not, you know, uh, Quiznos subs or any other cue word, just questions. 
Oh, man. Are you a Quiznos man, a Subway man, a Jersey Mike's man? Uh, Joseph, this is Sandwich Center. What's your take? <laughs> yeah, well, for a long time, uh, Jimmy John's was the uh, was the thing for yeah. me. But there was a time uh, way back when when I worked in the warehouse for uh, Fantasy Flight Games when it was a tiny company before yeah. they had the uh, Star Wars license that our listeners would know Fantasy Flight Games for our when it was teeny tiny, uh, yeah, the ritual was we would go to uh, Quiznos. And mm. Quiznos at the time was like, we're different than everybody. We apply heat to our sandwiches. Amazing. It's impossible for anyone to replicate. And then somebody was like, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> we can do that uh, even quicker. Uh, there used to be a Quiznos at the mall when I worked at for a while. And uh, it was like a... It was like watching your car get washed. You know, they're like, all right, we're going to put it in here. It's watch it go through. Like, it was, it was a thing. But all right, okay. I'm yeah. still just, I'm tasting like yoga mats. So I still go for a Subway sandwich, but yeah, uh, or a gas station sandwich. And the, uh, I gotta, just because we brought it up real quick, you, you, the, the Quiznos subs ads with the strange, freakish uh, monsters with the weird teeth, th- those played in California, right? Yes, they did. Yes. It wasn't a fever dream you had in Minnesota. <laughs> Yeah, that was a shocker. That was a shocker. Uh, every once in a while, Joseph and I love to talk about things not related to Star Wars or <laughs> completely related because I'd love a sandwich and to sit down and watch a Star Wars film. We are going to get into the news. We're going to get into those questions, not the quiz, no subs. Uh, before we do that, we're going to remind you today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, you all know the drill. We're going to give you a Force Center Recommends, an audiobook we think you should try out on us and support the show in the process. Well, we've talked about sandwiches. Now it's time for life and or Star Wars Adventures, my friend. How are you? Uh, good. Yeah, no, I, I had some sandwiches this week, and that was great. Uh, yeah, it, life, life rolls on. I definitely had some moments where just all of the everything was, you know, there, there's so much going on in all of our personal lives and so much going on in the world that definitely had some moments where I I, I retreated to Star Wars to just find some joy, either the, the philosophy of it, which helps uh, center me sometimes, or also just I'm going to look at some action figures for a while. So uh, Star Wars was there for me this week, and that was great. Uh, my main Star Wars adventure was that uh, deluxe version of the solo soundtrack came out, and oh, my oh. deepest deepest heart's wish uh, is true that it has the version of Chicken in the Pot with the proper uh, Lulilo Primok, the proper Vat Weirdo singing in his nice, deep uh, Bing Crosby baritone. So I was thrilled to download that. I uh, was going to address that even off air with you to see if you had uh, caught up with that because... I, you know, we, that was just needed. That was just needed in your life. And I hope that you maybe uh, played it, uh, turned the da- lights down, poured a martini, put on a suit and a tie, <laughs> enjoyed it in your living room. Yeah, I verified it was there. I downloaded it because I just did this last night. And I think I'm going to wait until like uh, late at night and, and listen to it. Uh, yeah, when everything's calm and still. <laughs> yeah so and there's a bunch of other great stuff that isn't I, i've listened to that solo soundtrack a lot it's great driving music it's great writing music uh so i've listened to it enough and then seen the film enough to go like oh that isn't there that isn't there like the uh the uh mall kira phone call so i'm really looking forward to uh sitting down and listening to the whole thing it's a great soundtrack and i'm glad it's getting us getting some love um uh, john powell did a good job i think because you know, Williams did the main, the whole, the Han theme, but then John Powell, you know, took some other themes. I don't know. Maybe that just caused people to not uh, pay, give it the credit uh, th- that it was due with the, at the time the movie came out. But I, I love that soundtrack. So that yeah. score. 
Yeah, great stuff. How about you? What were your uh, life indoor Star Wars adventures? Oh, you know what? Uh, not anything too exciting. Uh, other than uh, the work we've done, uh, you know, it, it's it's uh, you and I are similar. We don't sometimes don't want to count Star Wars adventures for for center prep, but they're often one and the same. Got to spend a lot of time in uh, the Empire Strikes Back world. We're reviewing the the book or discussing the first half of the From a Certain Point of View Empire Strikes Back edition on Thursday. So that was most of my Star Wars and life adventures, but <laughs> that created. A life adventure by, you know, I try to get up to, I try to get up early. I'm not an early riser anymore, but, you know, I try to get up. But uh, on uh, on Sunday, uh, I, I think uh, lunchtime rolled around. I was still in bed reading the book. That's so that, great. Yeah, that counts as a life adventure. <laughs> yeah, I, a great life adventure is I did not get out of bed. Uh, I just read a book, especially on a Sunday. That is just so peaceful and lovely. It really was. Uh, and then uh, for my brick building with Ken series over on Twitch and YouTube, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly building the U-Wing. Not oh, really? It's, uh, yeah, it's not a huge, huge set. It just, uh, the first day I wasn't feeling good when I started it. So I only did, did one ba- uh, bag. of It's a five-bag Lego set. And I just said, you know, let's, let's milk this. Let's just have some fun. And so I finally got to the underbelly uh, of the U-Wing, which has the little... Uh, a neat little door and gun system. And it comes with a Bistan minifigure, so, you know, Bistan in, or, in honor of Jennifer Landa. Uh, so that was actually kind of fun. I just, it, cause it, it, you know, you and I, we talk Star Wars, we study Star Wars, read Star Wars. I build Lego Star Wars sets. And then every once in a while, you're just kind of, it's like learning to fly and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You throw yourself at the ground and miss. Like I, next thing you know, I'm like a kid on camera going, Oh, that's where the gunner, that's where Bistan goes. And I'm just, <laughs> So that's that's uh the that's uh, Star Wars life rolled into one. Yeah, bedtime and Bistan. Those are great adventures. Mm-hmm. Bistan. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Um. So, uh, you know, with us all caught up, that's clearly everything that's gone on in the world. Times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are uh, at a holiday coming up. Uh, uh, you know, we're of course uh, staying here. I imagine you and Sarah staying here as well. So we'll. Uh, all programming will be normal this week, I guess is what we should say, Joseph. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It, yeah, all, all programming will be normal. We will uh, drop the normal deep dive episode. This one, like you said, about the From a Certain Point of View book, the first half of it. And uh, Friday uh, will be the Mando Report, which I'm very much looking forward to. Yeah, so uh, while you're preparing a, a Thanksgiving meal, uh, whether it's a family meeting safely or you by yourself, you can listen to the Four Center shows as normal. Right now, we are going to get into the news. And this is, once again, another week where I would say, hey, light on news and a lot of plush toys, a lot of things like that. But we got a pretty juicy headline we wanted to talk about here and talk about some things around it, Joseph. And this is from IGN, Daisy Ridley on Ray's journey while promoting Chaos Walking, her new movie. Uh, She was speaking with Jim Veveda, Schmodown favorite Jim Veveda. Uh, who works at IGM, and uh, Daisy really talked about Ray. And, of course, you know, that's newsworthy. Uh, <laughs> I say that half tongue-in-cheek, half cynical, uh, and uh, about 2%. No, I, I get it. It's news. So here, here, here's the uh, takes here. Here's the uh, rundown. Uh, she called the end of Ray's journey uh, this. She said, I think for me the beauty of episode nine is it ends with such hope and such potential. I just feel like that was Ray's perfect ending, the big battle was in episodes seven, uh, eight, and nine, Ridley said, and I think she's probably running around the forest somewhere having a great time. <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. This, of course, 
uh, kind of uh, about, hey, you know, what would you feel about more stories? Uh, and then she added, uh, I totally feel, I feel totally, totally satisfied. That's two totallys, people. Totally satisfied, satisfied with how that story finished. I just don't know what else she could do that I didn't have to do. Also, there are so many amazing characters in Star Wars that it's sort of an amazing thing. Uh, I was watching the new episode of Mandalorian, and it's just like the places it can go beyond even where it is now is so exciting. End quote on that. So uh, she also had some stuff on Baby Yoda we can touch upon if we want. But this is kind of, uh, Joseph, this is uh, good good news for us. And this is part of what we're going to talk about here. But I I just want to get your general thoughts on her her thoughts on Ray and, and what she said in this article. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I always want to do my best, especially when actors are talking, to uh, try to see things from their point of view. You know, we're coming at it as uh, as Star Wars podcasters, uh, you know, sharing our thoughts with people who love Star Wars. So we've got a real Star Wars all the time perspective. So, like, I always with these just even want to take a step back and remember this is an actor who is trying to promote another film. (laughs) Yes. Trying to promote Chaos Walking that has been, you know, completed, I don't know, like 87 years ago and is finally coming out maybe in January. Um, So she's out there promoting something else and lives in this era where she knows she's going to be asked about Star Wars with every other project she uh, ever promotes. Uh, So I always start from that perspective that it's interesting to see how actors begin to talk about Star Wars. If If it's a thank you, I know you have to ask, but I've said everything I have to say, or if it's just kind of an off-the-cuff joke, uh, or if, if, like this, she's willing to engage uh, in, in a kind of substantive way, knowing that it's going to be headlines. Um, and I think that's just interesting that she's uh, at willing to still engage in a sort of substantive way, talk not only about her character, but also like her opinions on The Mandalorian, and that she's choosing to watch Mandalorian. Um, yeah. So, obviously... I love Rise of Skywalker. I love Ray's Journey. I love those end beats. Uh, I've seen the film, you know, I think at least 10 times, if not more at this point. Uh, and, and I still get teary every time she says Ray Skywalker. I know it doesn't work for some other people, but it, it works incredibly well for me. So, of course, from my perspective, I'm happy that the actor is happy with it. That's always uh, a nice thing. Uh, you got some great questions about that. So we're going to talk more about that. Um I also think my other reaction to this is, yeah, for me as a Star Wars fan, of course I would love it if Daisy Ridley was like, yes, I want to do a Ray Disney Plus show. I'm on the phone with Kathleen Kennedy every day. Let's do a hashtag. Let's make it happen. I would love that. But I also totally, fully respect that she is an actor. She's a human being. (laughs) She just finished this massive journey and wants to do other things. She's at this, you know, point in her career where she's going to go off and do lots of other things or maybe, you know, they'll she'll have to work hard to get past every interview is Ray. Every interaction is why aren't you playing Ray? Um so while I myself I'm like, yeah, I I'm so anxious for more Ray storytelling. I also just want to take a big deep breath and just have patience. And we know from life experience that Actors uh, often with a with a nice big break from a character with a nice big break from a franchise and with more life experiences themselves go, I would be really interested in revisiting that. And I'm more than happy to wait 10 years, 20 years until Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac want to revisit them on the screen for myself. 
Yeah, there's something I'm going back to my youth, my youth. But uh, at the end of Return of the Jedi, you know, I got to spend a lifetime wondering what happened next. And I'm so excited that I got to uh, read and see and, and listen to what happened next uh, in, in, in a canon way. But that came a lot later. I didn't think I'd ever hear that or see that in 2015. Right. And I, I if I'm being honest, part of the reason I, I wasn't as into the legends as a lot of other people is it wasn't even that it wasn't my my Luke or what I thought happened. The story is I, I just liked letting it go as well. And it just kind of living for me uh, as I don't know what happened next with Luke. I'll, I could change, I can change it every day as a fan uh, and daydream. And, and so I, I like for myself applying some of that to what uh, Daisy's saying here and how she feels totally satisfied. And then there's just not much else she could have done. And yes, she could start school. And you and I have talked about, uh, you know, the Lego holiday special had some stuff, hints about what you could do with that character. And there's so much to do with it. I'm ready myself. I think more than I even thought uh, going into reading this article that I'm like ready just to let it, let it lie for a little bit. And like you said, when, when the time is right or the performer feels it's time uh, or they're ready to go back and visit it on a big scale, then, then I'd be excited about that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And it's not that I don't think there are stories uh, to tell, but I also understand from an actor perspective of she's given this, uh, you know, very recently uh, years of thought and discussion with the writers and the directors and hard work and that like that she's found like who is Ray, what challenges her in the story of the sequel trilogy is she starts with all of these challenges and these fears and she overcomes them. And yeah. that arc of Ray is complete. So I totally understand her perspective of like, I'm not really ready. I feel like, you know, this character just triumphed, <laughs> you know, right. I, I don't feel the need right now to revisit, you know, her running into a new challenge. Yeah. It'll be fun to imagine. And that's uh, kind of what uh, I think she was saying there too. And I love, I love her version, uh, running around the forest somewhere, having a great time. <laughs> you, uh, you agree with that sentiment, <laughs> sentiment, Joe? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's also like, this is a podcast, right? This is, yeah. is where this is all coming from. So I haven't had a chance to listen to it. And from some of the stuff she says about, uh, about, uh, Mandalorian and baby Yoda, I think she's answering honestly, but also like trying to have a sense of, of fun. Um, yeah. and, and I sense that of like, yeah, I mean, I think in a way she's saying like, yeah, she, she found herself. She found her, her the way she wants to be a jedi and she found connection and family and she's running around the forest enjoying that uh, and i think that's a nice thought too absolutely i want her to enjoy the victories and enjoy uh you know some of my favorite little moments are her reaching out and feeling the rain on octo or oh my gosh takadon is so green i i just want uh, you know at the, the akiyaki festival ray has those little moments of i never got to experience this so i hope yeah i hope she takes a paid vacation <laughs> yeah enjoy the galaxy um, here's, here's what I wanted to talk out of this. And you meant, you mentioned the baby Yoda comments, uh, the eating the eggs and everything. She kind of had some, uh, um, takes on that, but I don't want to say takes. I think you're right. It was just kind of like, yeah, you know, I, I didn't mind her eating the eggs and there you go. And, and end of the conversation there. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. And she specifically says, and the frog lady does get what she wants too, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Great point. Um, but I hear something I want to discuss because there's some reactions to this article that were very, very, uh, I would describe as positive because uh, there are folks like you and I uh, who absolutely love Rise of Skywalker, absolutely love Ray or the sequel trilogy. Uh, even people who are like, ah, maybe I don't love Rise of Skywalker, but I do love Ray and I do love the story. We have a lot of uh, varied opinions here within the Force Center listener ranks. So we might hear or read an article like this, Joseph, and feel like, aha, see, 
we're justified in what we feel about this. And, and I was starting to, when I started to read this, I was like, aha. Then I just kind of thought to myself, all the articles that were shoved in my face were <laughs> the clips and supercuts of Mark Hamill hates Last Jedi or hates Luke. Most of them forgetting that he does say in many interviews, oh, then I came around to it or then I understood. Um, even recently, some stuff with uh, John Boyega. There's some bigger issues that you and I are in agreement or uh, understand where John's coming from or understand that we don't fully understand where John's coming from and we support him on that stuff. But there's also, we love that character and there at times seems to be some thoughts that maybe he doesn't love Finn as much as we do or wanted other things, which is totally fair. And, you know, I, I just, I just went down this path, Joseph, that I wanted to discuss with you of like, how, how, how much do we need these performers to like the star Wars roles and stories they're in? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, ultimately it's just, it's a bonus that I think is the best way to say it. I feel like, um, I feel like if a, a story gets created, uh, it is ultimately that thing that we, the audience, are having a relationship with. Um, and I think for issues that are as simple as, did the actor ultimately like the role? Did the actor ultimately like the movie? Are Yeah, it's great. It's great to hear, you know, especially since there are some people who, who, who don't like the end of Rise of Skywalker. I've seen people even float, the opinion that Daisy Ridley doesn't like it. So for me, yeah, it's, it's a nice bonus when she comes out and says, actually, I did like it. I thought the end in particular was great. That's really nice. Uh, but my relationship is primarily with the film and what it means to me. Uh, you know, so there is this difference between, I think actors going, I like that movie. I didn't like that movie. Uh, and then you, and then you creep into the real world and that's different. The, if like an actor says, I was treated horribly on that fi- on that film, so I can't watch it without remembering that I had a bad experience making it. Then for me, maybe that does eat in, or like I think what John Boyega is bringing up is, uh, you know, he certainly has opinions about the films themselves, but he, but he his largest issue seemed to be I feel that you advertised Finn for the Force Awakens as being a main hero, and then he was not as large of a hero, and I feel like that has repercussions when we're talking about representation of black people. So, like that to me is like so much bigger than did the actor think this was an awesome Star Wars movie? Thumbs up or thumbs down, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So for me, there's that necessity to to when I'm talking about actor opinions to separate just the subjective good bad. Did I like the movie versus is is my criticism tied to a much larger, much more important uh, social issue? Um, but to answer your question the most directly, I'll just go to Alec Guinness, right? Obi-Wan is one of my favorite characters. I think Alec Guinness is brilliant. Uh, There's this interview I saw a couple years back from back in the day that I think was like 1977, right after it came out, uh, where he is being very charming on a British talk show and talking about how, uh, how he, he helped George with some of the lines and how George offered him a little cut and that was quite nice. And he said some very nice things about the film, about how it turned out being this great little story about good and evil. It's this nice throwback to older stories. It's very simple. Go out and enjoy it. But And I'm paraphrasing, but he said something along the lines of, and I plead with you, don't overthink it. Don't spend a lot of time discussing it. It's just a simple story. Go enjoy it. <laughs> and I kind of just have to like live with that irony of like, I'm sorry for the five hours of podcasts I spend a week talking about Star Wars. Alec Guinness, you know, absolute god of Star Wars, you know. So I, I am in such yeah. like our life activities, Ken, are in such 
<laughs> direct opposition with something that one of the key actors of the original trilogy explicitly said in an interview that always resets me of yeah i do care what the actors think i'm always happier if they're happy um but but if we're talking about just an opinion of is it a good movie or a bad movie you know that it's it's just a bonus that is i love that term um i love that term that you're using bonus uh it is like we we, we got the cake and now a side of french fries all the <laughs> Or a, a Quiznos sub and a Subway sub, uh, based on our opening conversation there. Uh, yeah, I um, in the case, specifically what you said of when people saying, oh, Daisy hated it too. Here's some clips, some out-of-context clips from a press interview or a red carpet, uh, CCC, and then this comes out and kind of counters that. I do take some joy in that, maybe even some glee. Uh, I, I can't not admit that. I have to admit that I was like, ha-ha. Um, because again, the flip side, the, the Mark Hamill thing, yes, you can find a lot of things where it seems like he is unhappy and somewhere he directly says, Oh, I feel had a philosophical difference with this. And then they don't show the part where he's like, but I came around to it. Uh, I get it. I get it. That's how it works. Um, so I, I take it as a bonus and it's weird. I don't know if it's because we are so obsessed with behind the scenes stuff, not just in star Wars, but this is for me. Like I'm big music guy. You're a music guy. Uh, you love Guns N' Roses. Uh, you can stop at what the music did for you and your life and what you get out of the albums, uh, but also be intrigued and interested in the stories. But, you know, I don't I never want to mix them together. Uh, you know, the fact that uh, some of my favorite Beatles songs had George and Paul screaming at each other or something like that. <laughs> I can't I got to separate them. But I fall for it, too. You know, I'm part of some things, you know, for, fortunately, you know, for Center, we, we, we have a great time. You and I uh, go forward every week. We chat. We're friends. We miss Jennifer. She misses us. Um, I've been a part of other shows that people love that I don't, I don't talk with the host off air until the camera goes light goes red. And that's just the way it works. And I don't want that to take ever to take away from anyone's joy, but I fall for it too. So I read this article and I get excited. Yay. Daisy likes the thing I like. Uh, I was watching uh, something about uh, Julian Glover, General Veers, but also Grand Maester Pycelle in Game of Thrones. And he was done with the show. He begged to be off. He was like, hey, it just wasn't fun anymore. I can't, Cersei kept making fun of me and I couldn't get, get back. Uh, you know, I was just being beat down by Cersei and I asked the producers to take me off the show. <laughs> Veers wanted off the show. Beers went off the show and they, they convinced him to stick around for one final season. And I got to tell you, I'm, I'm in the middle of a rewatch and I'm like, oh, that kind of bums me that Julian Glover lost interest in the show. It doesn't matter because he still did an amazing job because he's an amazing actor to borrow Daisy's uh, use of the word amazing. Uh, you know, so but I fall for it, too. So that's anyways, this article had just a lot of those thoughts where I just almost have to remind myself this doesn't this doesn't prove anything how I interact, like you said, with the movie or what I get out of the movie is, is for me, the only thing that matters. Right. Right. And, and I think that we can, even if an actor is like, yeah, I wasn't sure about this choice, but I nailed it. I don't think there's anything wrong with us going like, wow, I get so much depth and meaning out of what you did in this performance. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And the flip side might be Daisy, Daisy loves this or, you know, thinks it's a perfect ending. Gave, clearly gave her all. And I didn't like what they did with it. I, it, I don't think that, her, her thoughts and validate your experience watching it and the flip side of it too. Right. Yeah. If it, if it doesn't work for you, that's totally legitimate. And, and is, uh, you know, your opinion is your opinion. Um, yeah. I, I think also 
for me, having the experience of having been a writer, a director, an actor, having worked with lots of actors, I think sometimes on social media, I can see this thing where uh, because the actors are the public face of the character, that people mm-hmm. feel like the actors are the 100% arbiter of the character, right? Um, yeah. So if an, if an actor says thumbs up or thumbs down, then that is the you know, the gavel <laughs> has come down and the, and the issue is decided. Uh, and I think it's just so much more complicated uh, than that. I've worked with actors who really want to dive into every element of the character and really deeply understand it. I've worked with actors who have done like an amazing job in, in my play, but if I interviewed them afterwards, they couldn't tell me why their character, uh, you know, mattered to the plot. They just nailed the individual moment. They understood what they needed to and they nailed that moment. You know, actors work differently. And I think that they're actors who want to own everything about the character and understand it on every level. And the other characters who want to like do, do what the script asks, do what the director says, and then they move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's different. And, and that's a, there's this weird sometimes, I mean, I get it. I, I'm, I am, you put a rock and roll documentary in front of me, whether I love the band or not, I'm there for it. Like there's one coming out about the Bee Gees. I wouldn't describe myself as a Bee Gees fan. I can't wait to watch it because I just want, I want to know every corner. Chris Taylor's book, How Star Wars Conquered the the Galaxy, uh, uh, you know, uh, universe. Um, I, I love it. I want a sequel, but it's like, I, 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 I the, the, they, they, they bleed over too much. And, and that's kind of, I don't know, that's kind of what this is reminding me of. Um, you, you listening to you talk and your experience there, Joseph, it's like, reminds me like, let's not forget Harrison Ford was kind of like, all right, let's get this one out of the way. Uh, I find Ewoks. What are Ewoks? All right, let's go. go. (laughs) Right. I mean, and also speaking of, you know, actors who felt like they would never want to ever touch Star Wars again, absolutely coming around to like, I'm going to go see Solo twice. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So. Anyways, just some uh, deep thoughts uh, out of uh, a headline. Uh, no, no right or wrong answer, which is kind of why I want to discuss it, just what we take from it. And uh, I always say beware of agendas, but sometimes that is me looking in the mirror and reminding me, uh, am I always looking for, uh, you know, uh, things that are in line with my joy of Star Wars? And of course you are. That's just the way it is. Just uh, be careful over there. But uh, at the end of the day, Joseph, I think we're happy that Daisy Ridley is happy with Ray. Absolutely. I think she is a great actor and I hope that she just has the uh, exact career that she wants and that we get to keep uh, seeing her in all sorts of different roles. Absolutely. And now uh, we've got uh, some surprise DLC content. Are you ready for this, Star Wars Squadron fans? That's right. You asked for it. You wanted the best. You got the best. The hottest B-Wing in the world. B-Wing and the Sky Defender. Uh, apologies to KISS fans. Uh, yes, so uh, the uh, folks behind Star Wars Squadrons had said, hey, the game is out and the game is what it is. Enjoy it. And people put their hands in the air and said, where are the B-Wings? We want B-Wings. <laughs> and while we're at it, TIE Defenders. So you get that. This December, you can fly the B-Wing or you can fly the TIE Defender. And then also you got custom matches uh, coming in December and then uh, four ship components at a new multiplayer map, Fostar Haven, coming out uh, now, right now, end of this month. So um, I know you and I enjoyed Squadrons and we haven't really picked it up since, uh, at least I haven't, not for any uh, bad reasons, just time and completed the story, loved the story, loved the characters, uh, not good at flying, so not the best experience for me. But uh, I do love the game. So uh, your reaction to uh, this news, Joseph, then I want to discuss the B-Wing itself. I am happy for the people who cried out in one unified voice. Please, please give us a B-Wing. Ooh, a Tide Defender 2? Cool. Um, 
yeah, this, this is great. I think this is, again, a, a thing where it, it's nice when everything works. People made a game that a bunch of people uh, love. It justified them adding more when they thought they weren't going to originally add more, which is great. Uh, I am not, I was not naturally good at this uh, game when I started playing it. I haven't uh, finished the game, which is a combination of just being really busy and trying to make time for all of the things. And that also, for me, because I'm not great at flying, it means getting past that. Like some people seem to be able to just blast past it. Like this, this game's intuitive. So they immediately get to the joy of flying. And every time they're like, you know, here's your mission. Here's why it matters. I'm like so pumped. And then like, yeah, let's go do it. And then I just run into something. Uh, so I got to, I have to work past that to get to the joy. So I will finish it. Um, but I have not finished it yet. Yeah. Uh, but this, so this is one of those things where I just uh, I get to be super happy for the people who are masters at this game and are just counting the seconds until they can uh, download the B-Wing and the TIE Defender patch. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I would go for those briefings and then crash or fail. And then I, w- I was really disappointed that I had to lower the skill level to like the rookie pilot level. Like I didn't want to do that. And then when I finally slumped my shoulders and said, I can't complete this Y-wing bombing run unless I do this. It was a bad day around the house. It felt real sad. <laughs> I did want to, this got me thinking about the B-wing. I love the the Y-wing. I've barfed that information up far too many times, but there comes the old B-wing, the blade wing shows up in Return of the Jedi. It's got a great lore to it. Got a little bit more now in canon and Rebels. So what was your reaction to the B-Wing growing up, Joseph? And then uh, where where your thoughts are about the B-Wing now? Yeah, I love the B-Wing growing up. This is such a great question because it really made me uh, go back in time and really think about how I thought about things. One of the things I loved about Star Wars is, and I've said this before, you know, if you just Google what a lot of things visually looked like in the 1980s on television, it was just a lot of beige. It was a whole world of beige. Uh, and what I loved about Star Wars, it was so weird and colorful and different. And it really wasn't a galaxy far, far away. So when I saw the A-Wing and the B-Wing, I was like, uh, new ships. And I was like, the A-Wing, that's, uh, it's cool, but it's not that different. The B-Wing's bonkers. What is this? How does this even fly? So I loved it because it was weird. Uh, mm. And I've since come around and I love the A-Wing because I think that... Um, that aesthetic in Star Wars of the really sleek and the really minimal uh, has a has a great place in Star Wars, too. And I've come to really like the A-Wing. And I, it's often what I will choose in a flying game uh, that I'm halfway decent at. Uh, but I really liked the B-Wing when I was a kid because it was just weird. Yeah, it was it was mesmerizing in a way, the way it would move and, and uh, rotate around. And then, you know, the old lock S foils in attack position. One of my favorite phrases in star Wars and just like, Oh, it, what just the wings go out, but it, I don't know. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like you, I, I didn't fully, I, I couldn't explain it. So therefore I loved it. I had one of those, um, I had one of those, uh, the actual models, not, not Lego sets, but like back in the day, like actual click together, maybe even glue together. Um, you know, uh, models of of the um of the b-wing and i and i put it together and i just i still didn't i i would study how the ship worked and i would just flip it around the cockpit i mean, here i am seven eight years old <laughs> it turns like this wow does it do you get dizzy like all that kind of stuff just would always uh it always uh be my head about it so even though i love the y-wing the workhorse of the rebel fleet the b-wing was its exotic cousin that I yeah <laughs> 
try to figure out. Yeah. Did you like the A-Wing when you were a kid? I did like the A-Wing. I still love the A-Wing. It's, it's, um, it is, yeah. It's so funny because the, the X-Wing, I love the X-Wing. The, the, the X-Wing design is amazing. It's just so simple and classic. And, and I joke and sometimes call it the quarterback of, of the rebel fleet, meaning it's, it's popular and all the cheerleaders love it and everyone roots for it and the town comes out to root for it. And, there's a, you know, the clunky old Y-Wing in the corner. And I identify more with the Y-Wing because of that. But I don't ever want to discount the the beauty that is the X-Wing. But there's something just simple and direct about the A-Wing. And I love that it's a lighter, uh, you know, option, a little more dangerous. You might get hit and uh, uh, blow up faster, but you're going to be fast and move around. Uh, so I do like playing it, too. I think I think I control that one the best in the flying games, too. Yeah, I think it lends itself to being a little bit more uh, brash, right? Of just wanting mm-hmm. to zip around fast. Yes, yes. Uh, it's like uh, maybe it's because I drove a Plymouth Colt for years, which was not fast, but was tiny like that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I think the in the X Wing in the Tie Fighters, I think were are like they are so classic, but they're all just they're kind of nothing nothing quite looked at like them. I think a lot of things got designed after the fact to look a little bit more like an X-Wing. Uh, mm-hmm. But like that, for me, that was always the bar of like a, a new ship's got to be at least as weird as an X-Wing. <laughs> oh yeah. And I, you know, the, the, the classic Battlestar Galactica ones, we always make the jokes. George definitely thought they looked like X-Wings or the whole show looked like a Star Wars show. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no, the X-Wing, you're right. The TIE fighter is just so unique. Maybe at times I take it for granted. I do love a good tie interceptor though, but uh, oh, the tie yeah. defender. I'm I'm okay with the tie defender. I'm glad it's showing up. Uh, I like the use of it in Rebels, um, but I always felt this is a you know uh, I don't know. I always felt like sometimes the 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 outside of the films, some of the versions of the tie fighters just got a little crazy for me. <laughs> this one's got nine wings. <laughs> yeah, I think I like tie defender because of the narrative weight of it. I, you know, the the aesthetic is one thing, but I I you know, I love that idea like it was it was this or the death star. Uh, and I I'm curious mm-hmm. to see, you know, if that uh I'm I'm not clear exactly on if these ships are just for like multiplayer modes or if they're going to be worked into story or or exactly how they fit in but i like the tie defender because it is it's got some meat on its bones uh with all those wings yes. <laughs> and with the story behind it that I, i'm right there with you and you know what that is a very four center answer for both of us right uh we like this ship because of the themes and narrative <laughs> behind it. um but yeah no I, I i totally agree with you on that otherwise it's just a fun wonky wacky looking ship but i like the meaning behind it in modern cannon um so there you go squadrons fans get ready to play the b-wing or the tide defender final news story of the day we always like to check on mendo monday 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 not a whole lot some cool uh they always release the concept art uh you can check that they got the uh, uh, baby yoda and space macaroons you can you can get that there too but mando's mando mondays itself with the merch we finally got, uh, you can get your hands on The Mandalorian, The Ultimate Visual Guide. Pablo Hidalgo, the author on this one, as usual. Uh, good, nice, uh, simple cover. I like this. It's just Mando and all his uh, mud horn Beskar glory on the cover <laughs> there. Uh, look, no secret, you can do uh, other versions. Uh, that's what these Ultimate Visual Guides end up being, version one, two, three, or more. This is clearly just going to be season one unless they delayed it a, a little bit which they did for some of the publishing that they want to add some season two stuff in i, I can't i'm not expecting that but uh are you are you ready for uh four or five versions of this book joseph are you gonna wait or are you gonna dive in now yeah is this one actually called the ultimate visual guide or just the first visual guide it, it is the ultimate visual guide but so is uh 
I'm looking at it right now. So are the two Star Wars Ultimate Visual Guides I have. Yeah, one. sometime they got to at least call one penultimate. This is the penultimate. This is the second to last visual guide. No, I'm very happy for it. It's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, the, well, the books are always just, uh, you know, pretty. Uh, they're always aesthetically, you know, nice to see and all that. Uh, but I think the what I'm most intrigued by is Pablo Hidalgo getting in there and explaining some things. Uh, that's, you know, what people expect of the visual guide. I think it's what uh, Pablo Hidalgo uh, likes to do. Uh, I see that cover and it should just be called, uh, this is a guide to how tracking fobs work. <laughs> because <laughs> I guarantee you that Pablo Hidalgo is going to have some fun, you know, uh, space opera version of science of how the tracking fobs work. Uh, and I think there, there's this fun tension there that the Mandalorian as a show is, I think, still much more interested in that uh, tip of the iceberg storytelling. They're much more it's much more in the spirit of TIE fighters make noise in space because it's cool. Don't worry about the science. And and the nature of the visual guide is to get into a little bit of the how and the why's and the fun, weird details. So that's going to be fun to have that those kind of sitting side by side. Yeah, I, yeah, definitely going to add that. Uh, love those. And yeah, Pablo, he exceeds in this uh, in this area because uh, I imagine him sitting in his office having a lot of fun just creating these stories. So we'll see there. Also released today, we got a Disney Emoji Blitz. Uh, if you want uh, all your favorite heroes, uh, Moff Gideon, uh, the child, Mando, and a Death Trooper, apparently, in Cara Dune, in emoji form, you got that. There is a, a, a new 5G Google Pixel Google Play phone that's out of my uh, pocketbook ranch. Uh, and then this one here, I was we got Grief Karga and the Child are joining Hasbro's main lineup, three and three quarter vintage figures. Justin, what do you think about this? This is your area of interest. Yeah, this is thrilling. I th- I love that they're they're kind of doling out the action figures so slowly. Um, I need to get a little bit more on top of it because I, I see them in the morning like and, and Hasbro Pulse is going to have the the pre-order. And like by the time I, you know, have time to Google it, the pre-order is <laughs> long done. So then I'm like, oh, I, I hope I can find this uh, vintage grief, which is just a fun thing to say out loud. Uh, vintage grief is it, that is a, you know, a, a must own. I, I, I love his new outfit. I love the character. I really want that one. Um yeah, and I really want the child. Uh, I think this is this is going to be fun too as the years go on, and if the popularity of Mandalorian uh, stays strong, they're going to have so many variations of uh, Mando with his armor to sell, and they're going to have so many variations of which Pram because the child's going through them really fast. Yeah, <laughs> Pram one, Pram two point one. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, good looking figure, good sculpt, good the uh, you know the close up detail on it, uh, the, the paint chipped off, that's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a pram that's seen some action. So yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled for both of these, and if I can get my grubby hands on them, I will. Oh yeah, you will, you will. Uh, a couple items left here. We got uh, Igloo has released some uh, comic playmate pals. This is uh, basically, you know, take a little uh, take take a take a picnic lunch in a, in a, a Mando cooler here. Uh, we got uh, <laughs> comic frames and then the one uh, that's got child art says snack and protect. Uh, I think our listener, Robbie Smith's probably going to want this one here. It is, uh, but here's the thing. It's got the child on the side. It's the snack one. And it's got a frog half down his throat with the words nom, nom, nom on it. <laughs> you know, and you, can you be surprised when he goes around the galaxy eating eggs and space macaroons? <laughs> 
Uh, look, the yeah, the 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 child has a deep, deep hunger, and it is a part of the show, both on every level. It is every level from whimsy to to true depth of theme of how do we all feel about this, you know? But it's unignorable. Uh, the child eats. The child eats. The final thing is uh, what up my alley here. I love my Star Wars Lego sets, and we got the new Trouble on Tatooine set, two hundred seventy six pieces. We got. Mando, the child, and a Tuscan Raider. We got the speeder. We got a little hut with a little campfire, and we got the uh, the, uh, the the scorpion arrows that they use to tra- take down the uh, Krat uh, dragon. There, uh, I, I really like that. That looks real detailed. So this uh, this will definitely find its way to my shelf and probably my brick building show over on Twitch. There's a cheap plug very soon because who doesn't love building campfires? And look at that little uh, child Lego set. That's little- yeah. I would I would happily uh, trade that scorpion, which is really really cool. That their uh, their weapon for Cobb Vanth, so I could have a full comp- campfire there. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think maybe they'll release a complimentary set called "Protecting the School" or something like that, or <laughs> uh, "Drinks with the Weak Way," and we'll and we'll get that set. <laughs> I love that. So that is this week's Mando Monday merch dump. Been kind of fun as they dole this all out slowly uh, with, uh, with the season. It's, a, it's like an added bonus. Like you get the episode on Thursday night and Friday. We do a review and on Monday you get all the, uh, all the merch like you were going to a concert and it's out in the parking lot. Buy your shirt here. Do it now. Do it now. So uh, that is a look at Star Wars news. We are going to get on to our questions after a quick break. But before we do, we want to do our uh, Force Center Recommends, an audiobook we think you should try out on us. And Joseph, this one is kind of homework for the upcoming episode. <laughs> yeah, we are recommending from a certain point of view, colon, The Empire Strikes Back, because we are going to be discussing that uh, the next two weeks. We're breaking it up. There's so many stories, 40 stories uh, for 40 years. So we're discussing the first 20 stories this week and the last 20 stories next week. So we recommend you check it out. Absolutely. Download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audio book. All right, quick break. We'll reset on the other side. Your questions here on force center. Hey, Force Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Force Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa 1138 selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right, welcome back to Force Center, my Force Center friends. We looked at the news. Now it's time to look at the cues. Yep, that is a great little jingle. Just <laughs> well, we have four great questions all about Quiznos subs. We are changing the podcast entirely. It's all sandwich talk. I am lying for fun. That's what jokes are, lying for fun. Sometimes, not always. Anyway, <laughs> let's get back to Star Wars. Uh, we got four great questions about Star Wars, as we always do. Uh, two from Twitter, two from our patrons on Patreon. Our first 
question comes from Twitter in Callum Morrison. Callum says, in The Last Jedi, when Luke reaches out to Leia connecting back to the Force, do you think Luke and Leia had a conversation? And if so, what about? I love listening to you guys talk Star Wars. Keep up the great work. Thank you very much. That's very kind, Callum. Uh, Ken, let's dig in. Do you think Luke and Leia had a Force conversation or just a brief connection? I, 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 so funny. I want to say that they had a conversation and, and, you know, not a normal one, obviously, but some, something more, but I don't, I, my heart keeps saying no. And, and, and then that what we saw, the connection they had with him appearing on crate and them talking and her making the joke about the hair and all that stuff, that that was it. That was the first time. And that other than that, it was a Luke, it was a lay, it was a energy. Uh, it was, a. a little uh, kind of bump in the force, if you will. And, and that's, that's kind yeah, of, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the spirit of their conversation on crate is really like, these are the things that they need to say to one another, including Leia's, you know, I need to sort of diffuse the tension with, uh, with this joke and this bit of connection, this bit mm -hmm. of, you know, uh, family of joking about the hair because she she knows how dire the stakes are all, all of that feels like the first true conversation and i think that i really like that scene in the last jedi where they just briefly connect being a brief connection in some ways that gives it even more weight um knowing that that it was leia that was getting through to luke in a way because that's what really turns him around initially is when you know ray says your sister here sent me here with hope, you know, if, if you're not going to follow through on that, then she at least deserves to know why. And then he, so at least he goes to the Falcon and then R2 is like, Hey, remember Leia, <laughs> remember your sister. Uh, so I think it is all, it, it's one of the things that dovetails nicely with everything we're told in the force awakens and the last Jedi that yeah, Luke is powerful. Yes. Luke is, you know, a Jedi. Yes. He's a legend, but he's also Leia's brother. And, to Leia, he is hope. So I think it's, there's something really beautiful about that moment that Ray has given him enough hope to try to tentatively reach out in the force. And what he is, is reaching out for, for himself is he's, he's been wrestling with all this uh, sadness and frustration and doubt and fear. And, you know, he reaches out to, you know, the most constant source of light and hope he's ever known. And that's Leia. And Leia has been scouring the galaxy because she knows he is a symbol of hope. So the fact that they just briefly connect in their relationship is so powerful that it's what both of them needs. It's what almost turns Luke around uh, in that moment before he sees uh, Ray with Kylo. And, and I do believe on like a functional level that connection to Luke, that connection to hope is what, what wakes Leia and gets her back in the game. So I feel like there's so much meaning in them just kind of briefly touching that they're so connected and they mean so much to one another that just mm -hmm. that brief touch is that powerful is more elegant to me than how, how you doing, you know? Yeah. 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 No, I, I, you're right, right in line with you on that there too. And just the idea I, and, 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 and this is, I don't want this to go into controversial hot take ter territory. I, you know, gr growing up thinking that we'd get a seven, eight, and nine, and Luke and Leia and Han were in it. Of course, I, I would have thought we were going to get more of their interactions, conversations, adventures, all those things. And, and we didn't. We got the we got this version where the the heroes were scattered, or they were part of a generation that needed to pass everything on to the the next one. And one of the and even though there's times, Joseph, where I have that like, oh, you know, we didn't get the big three together one more time. I I, I totally can can agree with people if if you're super frustrated about that. I I, I feel some of that. 
what we did get, what you're describing and the connection and this little almost, uh, you know, not ships passing the night, but ships, uh, you know, uh, swimming by each other in, in the force. And, and the moment we do get on crepe to me, almost just, just, it, it, it makes everything we did know before in, in four five and six and any other adventures and the lifetime you spent with them as a fan, it was this great ode to that. And it made me, go back to what I, uh, the stories I'd heard and, and just cherish them even more. If that makes sense of just like, because I got so little, it just, it meant everything I got before. Yeah. Now it kept it very, that. especially between Luke and Leia, it kept it very legendary. Like they, they said the things they truly needed mm-hmm. to say to one another. Um, and it didn't ever become pedestrian. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then on, yeah. on the other side of it, I, I had some assumptions for myself, some headcanon really after watching Rise of Skywalker of, I don't think that Luke in Last Jedi is aware of Rey's lineage. Um, and I think maybe Luke and Leia communing together after he has passed into the Force is, is, is when they start to realize like, that's who she is. That's where she's from. That's the challenge she's facing. Um, so even after seeing Rise of Skywalker, I had kind of had some headcanon of like, I think they're really communing after Luke uh, passes into the force and then the rise of Skywalker novelization goes into that more. So I think you do get that, that other side Mm -hmm. of it too, of the Skywalker twins do have this, they have a lot to say to one another. (laughs) It's just in this kind of different form, this different Mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Yeah. And the novels, uh, it's one of the things I love. Absolutely. So great question, Callum. Thank you. Uh, we're going to move on to a question from Eric Ortiz. Eric says, well, Eric actually has a, uh, he has a pitch uh, for us uh, that then we're going to give some thoughts on. Mm-hmm. So here's what Eric has to say in his pitch. Opening scene, man exits ship as it lands on Tatooine. The man's body is scarred, white, unkempt hair, cloudy eyes, mechanical hand, mace windu. His mission, end the Skywalker line. Only one man stands in his way. Cut to black, title card, Kenobi. What are our thoughts. <laughs> uh, so uh, Ken, uh, that's uh, very, very uh, colorful and dramatic. You can truly see the image in your mind of uh, poor, old, perhaps broken Mace Windu. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, my thoughts are this is a great pitch, Eric. It would not get go picture from me, but you might get a go picture from someone else. Uh, uh, if, and fantastic. Well, well done, Eric. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I, the idea of uh, Mace being alive. It, look, here's the thing. It's, it's worked before with other characters, right? Looking at you, Maul. So, hey, maybe a Mace with a bit of vengeance in his heart coming back. Uh, you know, who knows? But uh, yeah, this, um, I think Kenobi would be able to uh, talk <laughs> him out of any vengeance. Yeah, that's, yeah. I, I was so interested to hear uh, your thoughts. I think for me, my, Eric paints like a, a really uh, dramatic and a really fun and a really intriguing picture. And I think I, my initial reaction is this is a great for me, what if? Like I would love if they, they did some of those comic yeah. books. Uh, on Disney Plus, they're doing, you know, eventually these animated uh, MCU what ifs. And I think that would be great, a great way to explore some like wild ideas of like, we know it didn't happen this way, but what if it did uh, kind of stories And this for me feels like uh, that kind of explanation uh, exploration. Um, I would love more Mace stories in general. There's that five uh, issue comic uh, that's, I think does some great work to kind of tie his own Jedi perspective and his own life experiences to some of his pivotal choices uh, in the prequel films. I think that's great. So I would love some more, uh, Mace stories. 
there's a part of me that's always mm-hmm. really liked that Mace died, period. And, and as you said, absolutely, characters come back and characters that you, you really uh, uh, didn't think would come back. I mean, I think at this point, uh, it, it's fine for me for any Star Wars fan to say, somehow, fill in the blank returned. That's, that's fine with me. <laughs> you know, if Maul can return, if Palpatine can return, then anybody can return. Um, and I get that. I, I appreciate it. But for me, there's something about, I like Mace's failure being total. I, I like him, uh, mm-hmm. him almost succeeding, almost succeeding in stopping uh, the return of the Sith and having this really tragic failure. Um, I think mm-hmm. there's a part of me of mm-hmm. like, the stories of, of Mole and, and Palpatine coming back, whatever your opinions might be on sort of the, the space fantasy version of science level of reality of it, story-wise, they are about them clinging to hate. Like, Maul literally says it, right? Like, my hate kept me alive when I didn't have a lower half of my body, you know? Um, right. And I don't yeah. think that thing is necessarily the same with heroes. So, and I don't want anybody to hear that of me disliking Mace or not wanting more storytelling with Mace. I'd, I'd be thrilled if they're like, mm. yeah, you know what? We're going to pay for it. We'll do, it, it worked for Captain Marvel. We'll de-age Samuel Jackson a little bit. Uh, Five season Disney plus Mace Windu, I'd be thrilled. It's not that I don't like Mace Windu or want more. It's just there's a power in his mm-hmm. in his death uh, being the sort of the the, the true. He's he's do, doing such a great job in in Revenge of the Sith of really carrying the tragedy of the Jedi in a lot of ways. Yeah, though though I think I think the character of of Mace deserves more storytelling in a book. I'd want it in a book, a Disney Plus series, de-aging, going back. Uh, that could work, too, or something like that. But I, I want to analyze him more. I, I have had conversations. You and I have talked about Mace, and there's times where I think you can make a, a super cut of, of all the times he was right uh, since there's a plot to destroy the Jedi. Well, he figured that one out. You know, like, there's that. And then there's a list of mistakes or uh, the, the, the one at the end that you just mentioned, but his treatment of Anakin or even just the words he uses to, to uh, talk to Anakin. And, and there's a whole bunch of things that with intended or unintentional consequences, but there's this powerful fighter. There's this powerful, unique Jedi who wants a purple blade. So he can stand <laughs> out in a crowd uh, behind the scenes and in the story and, and to just kind of go into the, his layers. I, I, I would love to explore that a little bit more. We got a lot, we've got Dooku and Qui-Gon and, all those characters um, and Mace pops up that, and that, that comic series is great because it ties directly to, it builds, builds to that moment with his blade above Palpatine and why he would even hesitate for a second. It, 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 it kind of it not necessarily answers it, just directly addresses it and makes you think about it. So yeah, yeah let's get some more. I, think Mace I love what you're saying. And, and I think the philosophy that is interesting to me from Mace is, you know, we talk a lot in particular on our Clone Wars report show about like justice for the Jedi and, how carefully they choose mm-hmm. when to act. And I think Mace is, is a Jedi who, who leans towards the philosophy of like, we declared ourselves uh, the keepers of uh, peace and justice. And in order to do that, uh, things that are clearly wrong, things that are malevolent, we must strike at. And he is very much on the side of action of uh, you invaded Ryloth, then you're done. You are, uh, you're a Sith, mm-hmm. then, and, and you have control of the courts, I'd prefer the courts, but too bad. Your head's going to roll. I'm committed to my action. I'm moving forward. And then that great question of like, is that a better choice to be more proactive and absolutely moving forward 
Or is it better to go like, ooh, but wait, let's really consider our actions. Not that Mace doesn't consider, but, you know, we get to see him as a, a, a Jedi who is firm in his convictions, even when they're mistakes, <laughs> and firm in his convictions where maybe if, he, yeah. if other Jedi listened and they acted more quickly, like Mace, it would be better. Um, and I think that's what's mm. maybe most intriguing to me about uh, Eric's fun pitch, that the idea of if Mace came back, he would have a concrete action that he was going to do and that he would maybe even uh, be a little bit broken by the horrors of what befell him and the galaxy. But for me, I think if Mace mm. broke in any way, I think that he would, if he survived, I think nothing would matter to him, but killing Vader and killing Palpatine. And I think he, the darkness would be maybe not stopping and, and uh, thinking about collateral damage or not stopping and thinking about, you know, uh, is there any possibility to get to Anakin? I think Mace, if he came back like this in his pitch, would just be like, Vader and Sidious have to die, period. And would that break him as a Jedi to be like, that's all he's holding in his heart is his desire for them to die. Um, not just to protect people, but mm -hmm. like for like a deep, like they have to die. Uh, that would be really interesting to me. Um, and I think that's where, he, if he broke, I, to me, that's where I think he would go. I think if he came to, this is really compelling too and be interesting too of like, you know, I, I killed Vader, I killed, <laughs> killed Sidious, the Empire fell, and these kids can't exist either because they're a threat. That's, I mean, that, that's breaking real far to yeah. me. So I think for this pitch for yeah. it being the Kenobi yeah. show, I uh, upset powerful Mace Windu deciding that Skywalker twins can't be would be a physical challenge to Kenobi. But I don't think it would be a moral challenge even yeah. for even half a second. I think Kenobi would feel I am entirely yeah. right that we don't know what this boy's destiny is going to be. You can't do this, Mace. You have fallen. Mm -hmm. So I think for Kenobi's show, big physical challenge, but not a, 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 an emotional or moral challenge. I, I, I love this idea of, uh, hi, hey, Kenobi, yeah, I'm alive. What are you doing here? You're protecting the offspring? Of Anakin? No, no, you're not. Uh, there, there you go. Yeah, Mace, does I think Mace fun. coming to him and going, "You're waiting for what?" The will of the Force spoke. We let's go kill them. <laughs> let's go kill yeah, Vader and yeah. Sidious. Yeah, great so, question uh, great or, or pitch rather, Eric. Uh, fun to discuss. Fun to spend some quality time uh, on Mace Windu, who is a great character. Moving on to our questions uh, from our patrons on Patreon. This comes from a PQ. Uh, PQ says, as High Republic kicks off in a largely print medium, do you feel a stronger need to stay up on all the books and comics as it is the sole place the story is being told? While I try to stay up on all Star Wars content, I've never felt the need, uh, need to outside of the movies or TV shows. Now that print is the sole medium of High Republic, I feel a stronger pressure to stay up on each comic in book. Thanks for fostering such a great community. Pat Quinn, that's who the PQ is. It's Pat Quinn. This is a great question. Yeah. If you've never really dived into the books and comics, but said, I'm staying up with anything that happens on a screen. Uh, and now High Republic right now is just in print, just books, comics. How do you, um, how do you uh, approach that? What are your thoughts on it, Ken? This is a, this is a thought provoking because it's, it's making me kind of look at uh where my fandom is right now uh, in terms of just the amount of stuff that, that is, that is out. And I think, look, this, this year, uh, this time period, not even 2020, but just this error in the last 
year or so has really taken its toll on a lot of us just in, uh, outside real world stuff. And, and, and we're all a little bit more exhausted, aren't we? Uh, so this year has found me more than any other year since 2014, when all this kind of exploded again with the, the sale and the new books and the canon comics and novels and everything, where I have been more tired or have been more like, oh, I've really got that book on baseball legend Buck O'Neill I need to read. And I haven't had, it's still sitting on my desk, you know, like I've had more of those thoughts that I've had in the past. And so because of that, because I just simply couldn't go to my comic shop, I am way behind on all the comics. I still get all the Star Wars comics from Marvel. I don't usually do the IDW ones. And what I've discovered to my surprise, Joseph, is I am okay not being completely up to date on, on them. Um, so just in that regard, uh, Pat, I, I, I think you're okay. And I'm there with you on that. Um, but now I do feel that pressure because it is high Republic and we, I want to know, and I hope, I hope I just want to devour it all. I hope the series is that good where I'm like, I need every word. Um, but I, I, I'm not going to lie. I feel a little, um, it's daunting looking at January. Yeah, no, I'm, I am in total agreement, uh, with you, uh, with the exception that the book on my shelf is a collection of essays about Laura Palmer from Twin Peaks. Like I want to read that book. <laughs> I don't have time. Uh, mm -hmm. many, many other books, the, the, yeah. uh, the, my book piles are getting into that dangerous, uh, like the, the, you know, the, how did he die? <laughs> His books fell on him, uh, level of danger. Um, but I love, I love all of the Star Wars books, uh, but it's, it's been a little harder to keep up, um, not because of any lack of love or dislike of the books, but just because of the sheer volume of them combined with everything else in life. Um, so as High Republic comes, it, it really, I love that you called it like a mountain because it is, it, it, it's exactly like a mountain of like, I love the challenge of climbing that I'm going to get so much out of it, but it is also still uh, work to climb a mountain. Um, so I'm super, mm -hmm. super excited uh, for High Republic. Um, but, and I'm going to see how how well I can do to keep up with everything because uh, I haven't always kept up with the comics. I, mm -hmm. uh, I'm still behind on some of them. I wait for them to come out in those, uh, you know, collections uh, and download them to the iPad. Mm -hmm. So I'm still behind on a, on a few things, but the comics have been really rewarding as well. So I think uh, maybe for advice for Pat Quinn and, and for myself is... I'm going to try to keep up with what I want to. And then if I can't keep up with everything, if I can't get every issue of a comic, one of the great things about our community is there are so many resources that you can just go and read a summary. I, I'm sure our, our friends, Alex and Molly at Star Wars Explained are going to have great videos. And I think uh, for me and maybe anybody else who's daunted by the sheer volume of High Republic of saying, you know, let's take that Star Wars lesson that it's okay to let go. It's okay uh, to, you know, set our video games on the lower level <laughs> if we want to just experience the story. It's okay to read the books, but read the summaries of the comics and to just reconnect with this is supposed to be joyful. And what we truly want out in our hearts as fans is to keep up with the lore and, and keep up with the uh, imagining this, this new part of the galaxy spinning out there are resources to do that in ways that aren't, you know, reading every single page, every single panel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and um, without a doubt, I, I crack open every book and every comic hoping that uh, a new favorite Star Wars moment is there or, or revelation or a lesson. Uh, I'm moved by the lessons even more than the other things these days. But yeah, uh, I was letting go. Uh, that There's a great way to look at it. Um, not feeling... 
that was particularly with the comics that I need to know the week it came out or else I'm behind. And it's not just, I'm not talking about putting together a podcast every week with you, Joseph. I'm just like talking as a fan. Like I don't, I, I don't want to be left behind. I want to be, I want to have the answers for the questions if they get asked. Uh, and to, to know that that's, um, that can sometimes get in front of your just in enjoyment of it. Cause then you're not reading, you're not open to the lessons and the moments and the characters that are being presented. You're, you are, you're, you know, mentally just taking notes at every panel and page and, and that can be a problem too. So it's, it's, a, I think it's a very realistic question, Pat, because uh, I've had a lot of these conversations with Star Wars fans. Like, Oh, I just can't keep up. Oh, I just, uh, I don't even watch <laughs> the animated shows. It's too much for me. And that's an okay sentiment to have as a Star Wars fan. You are not less of a fan. Yeah, I think that sometimes uh, on social media in particular, even just sincere uh, uh, love of Star Wars can start to feel like a a race, right? Uh, uh, I know I feel that with Mm -hmm. like, oh man, I I gotta read this from a certain point of view because if there's anything, you know, really uh, surprising, it's gonna be a clickbait headline and I'll see it. And like, and all that stuff, you know, just gotta let, uh, try my best to let go. I also think, I think maybe uh, for Pat's question really directly, I think if I had not read anything yet uh, of Star Wars, I'd been a screen fan, but not a book or comic fan, I'd just buy the the first, um, or you know, in whatever way you do, uh, buy it, get it from the library, experience the first High Republic one, and then decide if it's for you, you know? And and if it's not, you got a world mm-hmm. of summaries and, and uh, you know, videos to keep you caught up. Yeah, a world, a world of summaries. <laughs> and perhaps the most boring ride at Disneyland, think right? The wide world of summaries. <laughs> yeah, <it's... laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, brilliant colors of pages of summaries. Yes. And now the PowerPoint of doom, a scary ride. All right, our final question is from Adam Knight. Adam says, forgive me if I've asked this question already in another format. However, I am curious whom the Force Center crew thinks are secret Jedi or Sith in other franchises. For example, Morpheus from The Matrix just screams Jedi Master to me with his deep patience, willingness to believe in his own path and fate, and how his beliefs do not require others to believe in them as well. Smiley face. Adam, thank you for the smiley face. Thank you for the really fun question. Uh, Ken, uh, I'm always excited to hear your answers uh, to questions. But I'm particularly excited uh, to hear your answers uh, to these because you and I have our other loves outside of Star Wars that we often pull into the conversation. I'm so curious to see where you go with uh, Secret Jedi and Sith in other storytelling. <laughs> uh, that's uh, yeah, that's uh, suddenly I feel pressure. Suddenly I feel pressure. Uh, I do have uh, I do have some answers. I uh, I hope you uh, <laughs> I hope you enjoy. So I'm gonna go. With uh, some what I would uh, figure uh, would be uh, normal ones, I, I, pretty much anyone from Lord of the Rings, right? All right, fair enough. But I'm I'm specifically I'm forcing myself to choose one, and I'm going mm. with uh, Galadriel, especially as presented by Kate uh, Blanchett in the in the pictures. Uh, she to me, it's almost like she's a Will, or she's the the father, son, and the daughter. She's on she's on Mortis to me. She is of this world, not of this world. She can be understand. She cannot be fully explain and she has so many powers and and just beyond just i got a lightsaber and i'm going around the galaxy like she could probably do some damage or save the world you know what i mean like there's something else going on there uh and the fact that she understands that she could be 
tempted. Uh, she could uh, make a wrong decision in why she tests herself with the ring when she uh, we first uh, see her and Frodo together there. Um, yeah, that uh, I'll, I'll go with her. She's she's got uh, more than just Jedi. She she. Oh might wow! Be okay, the, you you got Galadriel on Mortis, keeping everything in balance. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, but I'm not done. I'm going to Temple of Doom, Secret mm. Sith, Molaram. All right. I'm a big Indiana Jones fan. Uh, Temple of Doom, uh, not my favorite. Um, growing up, even, it scared me. I'm one of the reasons it's PG-13. Uh, my mom probably wrote some letters. Um, but uh, Molaram, I mean, come on. He's taking hearts out of bodies. He's sacrificed. He's got, uh, you know, kind of some red and black paint themes. He's Sith. He's Sith. Well, he's possessing or, or, or you, know, you know, Indiana Jones gets uh, gets possessed. I mean, there's this is a this is oh, he's almost like a Sith acolyte. Or yeah, he's, he's like stealing other people's life force. Right. I mean, when he's taking those hearts. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. Oh, yeah. Just a, a color scheme. <laughs> he's on. He's definitely if the Sith yeah. is just like a baseball team, he is on Team Sith with those colors. Like if I was nine in 1999 and uh, saw Phantom Menace and Darth Maul. And then around the same time it was introduced to Temple of Doom, I I probably be confused and think, oh, that's a that's Maul's friend, right? Like it just yeah yeah. Th- those are great picks. No. Um, do you have more? Yeah, I, I oh good good. I, I did two four others. As well, so we'll, uh, we, we'll be balanced. Okay, we can go back. We we can hit uh, we can hit some of yours. Or I can wrap up here. Um, these ones uh, might not be as go inspiring. I'm going to uh, Field of Dreams and Kevin Costner's <laughs> character Ray Kinsella. To me, uh, he he is uh, he is Luke on Tatooine. He's staring out at the twin sons. He's hearing voices. He is uh, he feels he has a destiny that he has to go chase, and he doesn't quite understand how to get there. He needs mentors. He makes decisions along the way. He makes mistakes along the way, but in the end, is rewarded for his faith. So I, I'm saying yes, not Kevin Costner himself, but Ray Kinsella. <laughs> from Field Dreams, is a Jedi. And also related to a little baseball in this movie as well, I'm saying Mike the Bartender, as played by Michael Caine in the 1990 film, Mr. Wow, Destiny. you went Jim far Bush. outside of genre. <laughs> I went way outside. I know the question was related to franchises, but I'm sorry, those two films, uh, they're plugged into yeah, baseball. Yeah, that's great. So uh, t- tell me more about this bartender. I don't know this movie. Mr. Uh, do yourself a favor and don't watch it. Um, no, it's uh, it's you got Jim Belushi, Linda Hamilton, John Lovitz, Michael Caine. Uh, uh, it came out about yeah, 1990. Wow, that's crazy. Um, it's just a story of uh, a guy who, by the way, when I watched the movie, he seems so old. He's 35. Uh, it's his 35th birthday. Um, he 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 blames all his life's problems on uh, having struck out in a key moment during his high school baseball game. Like, it's like, if I had got the hit, my life would have been different. So the bartender turns out as like a guardian angel-like figure, Michael Caine, playing Mike, get it, Eh, angel, Mike, Michael the Archangel, got it. Um, And he's a bartender, a cab driver, all those kind of things. But he shows him, it's a little bit of a, you know, Christmas Carol type, let me show you, or, you know, Wonderful Life, I should say. Um, A little Christmas Carol, too. Um, Let me show you what your life would have been. And, you know, he gets... uh, he gets the sexy wife, uh, Renee Russo plays that he always he had a crush on and all those kind of things. And you know, it turns out, eh, not as good as a life as you thought. And you got to be uh, where you are now. You know, you got to have your mind on what you're doing here, <laughs> Luke. Uh, so 
I, I think I think there's force in there. I think so. I'm, I'm saying Michael Caine's uh, my that is absolutely guy. great. Yeah, I, I think it's so much fun to take some of the uh, themes that we like in Star Wars, and you know, since uh, Lucas is pulling mm-hmm. from you know a lot of myths uh, that have you know uh, uh, similar foundations, that you know the, the ideas pop up in in dressed up in really different ways, and that's I think that's really cool that you like. Michael Caine in this only okay baseball movie is absolutely a Jedi because that when you describe why it's powerful, you know, uh, live in the moment. Don't always be looking for what uh, could have been, but in value what you have. Like, yeah. There you go. And, and if, look, if you're, if any of you listening or you yourself, Joseph, are going to try to watch this movie, please watch it on uh, the format. It's intended. <laughs> VHS. VHS. Uh, I will be kind and rewind and all that stuff. If I can find one. Yeah, uh, I stuck mostly to genre, but you inspire me now. I'm going to have to go uh, find some uh, non-genre stuff. But uh, no, you, that's not cheating at all. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to figure out which character in Riverdale I think it might be is a Jedi. They're all struggling. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think for me, I often go to this because I I realize sometimes when I like a character, it is because they share some you know foundational ideas with uh, Star Wars stuff. Uh, I absolutely love Captain America in the MCU in particular. I love him in the comic books over the years, but I think the way he's portrayed in the MCU is the uh, the character who definitely struggles, uh, but he's steadfast in that he does know that he's got this pretty simple moral conviction of, you know, when bullies are hurting people, somebody needs to stand up to them, you know, and it tracks through and, uh, you know, he, he's getting interviewed for the super soldier program and he doesn't even really know it. And he's asked like, so you want to go kill Nazis? And he thinks, and he just says, I don't mm-hmm. like bullies. And that tracks all the way through to he's fighting Thanos for the fate of the galaxy. And it's just to him, it's just another mm-hmm. bully. It's just somebody who is hurting innocent people. Um, so he's got this, you know, great purity to him. You know, the shield is very much like the lightsaber. It can be used for attack, but Mm -hmm. sort of symbolically, it is defense. Uh, In his story through the MCU in particular, his movies has this great resonance with some of the Jedi storytelling where he is Captain America. He was given the costume. He was given the name as this, you know, kind of piece of propaganda. But he's this person who believes in the purity of the idea of America and he keeps saying, I find, I find faith in individual people that I meet, but every time I turn around, the institution that I'm in has kind of corrupted and starts to ask me to do things that I know in my heart of hearts isn't right. Like, first film, the government fails him. Second film, S.H.I.E.L.D. fails him. Uh, Civil War, uh, the Avengers themselves uh, kind of fail him. And he's always like, I don't want to be in conflict, but I have to find the way to be true to what I know is right. And that really starts to tie into great Jedi storytelling about, you know, there's almost like some Captain America Ahsoka lines of like, you're teaching me this stuff, but you're not quite doing it. So I got to walk away and do it myself. Uh, Yeah. So I I could go on and on about Captain America because I just did. Um, Yeah. So Captain America for me, Jedi. Um, I also think Wonder Woman, again, a character that I, I love in comic books, but her film's got some great stuff in it. If you, uh, you know, kind of dig into the actual yeah. theme that, you know, she has this, uh, or ideas that she has this, she starts out kind of like Luke with this really simple, mm-hmm. uh, there's a bad guy 
uh, Ares made all the humans uh, do do bad things that they shouldn't do. And then it's, you know, kind of has the epiphany of like, it's not Ares kind of nudged them, but that's what humans do. And Ares is making this very Sith-like argument of, you know, they don't deserve your compassion, your defense, your love. And, you know, the kind of the key theme of, of Wonder Woman ends up being like, it's mm-hmm. not about uh, what you deserve. It's about what you choose. And she chooses to defend people because that is right in and of itself. And that's just like such a great uh, Jedi thing, too, of like, yeah, I, I'm going to defend people mm-hmm. because they deserve to be defended, uh, period. Yeah, I, I would definitely put. Uh, I mean, both great choices so far. I, Wonder Woman's an absolute Jedi to me. I, I love that film uh, that you're describing, um, especially the first two acts. I just really, really love. Um, but yeah, you, that that whip. That's a it light is. Tip. It's, it's a, a light whip, whip, and it makes Come you on. tell the truth. That's so great. It's so great. And yeah, I mean, yeah. and 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 there's a lot of symbolism going on there too. Obviously, of it, not subtle uh, uh, that she thinks the sword is the great power. And discovers that she herself is the great power. And then literally, like, again, a, a symbol of defense with her, her bracelets or bracers being, like, you know, the, the true strength and, and her being the true strength uh, more than anything. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of great yeah. stuff going on there. So then uh, two Sith. Um, one, uh, the master mm-hmm. slash Missy from Doctor Who. Uh, the master is sometimes just a scenery-chewing arch villain who just is totally selfish, to- Everybody in the galaxy is beneath him, and he deserves to rule it. Very straightforward Sith stuff. There's some storytelling later on uh, when there's a regeneration of the of the master uh, called uh, the Mistress or Missy, uh, where the master feels the pull to the light, and it's it's like a great like Kylo Ren Vader version of of a Sith uh, told in Doctor Who of like uh, she wants to connect to uh, the Doctor and and the doctor tries to yeah. teach her like, this is why you should just help people. This is why you should just be kind. And she's like, I'm trying. It's not quite working for me. And it's an honest, like philosophical trying to see it the other way. Uh, so I love that. And then this is the one that I was curious. This is one of the first times I was like, did, well, can agree with this. Uh, I'm, I'm going to put out there for Sith Tywin Lannister. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that includes the my my always complicated relationship with the Empire, where I kind of like them more, but no, I shouldn't. Yeah, well, I think Tywin is this guy who, like, some of the stuff he says almost makes sense, and you can almost see his point of view, but then you strip it down, and it's just endless selfish greed, and it's just endless his power, right? Uh, everything is about him uh, yeah. retaining his power and the Lannister name and the tradition. And for me, there's even like just this little bit of kind of cruel rule of two thing going on where he wants his children Mm -hmm. to be competent and powerful uh, to serve him. And he kind of wants them to prove that by challenging him, but he doesn't want them to actually overcome him. So it's almost like this rule of two sort of dance of like, I want you to try to kill me. But then when you do, I'll smack you down again and make you earn my respect again. And just this horrible, gross cycle. Yeah, no, I agree with that fully. I, I, you know, probably a large part because of, of Charles Dance and what he brings to that character. And he's yeah, he's great in the books too, but on, on the show, he's just he's just spectacular. And 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 it, it is because there's a side to it. There's sides to him that you know that you you you're almost won over by him, and that's and that's part of the problem. <laughs> and you're like, oh, you know, but yeah, no, I I yeah, I, I agree with that fully because it's 
this he didn't necessarily create the world that they're in, but he knows how to win at it the most. And so it's easy just to look at it and go, yeah, that's I guess that's the way to do it. And then what brings him down? He just he just his he's his his love it's not even love of family but his need for family like like you're talking about it and his kids bring him down literally uh with with with, with Tyrion. but just uh we we watched the the final uh season four episode just the other night here at the house which is uh, his death and you just he's almost brought down earlier by the conversation with cersei where she's just like oh you just never gave us one look and the truth is in front of you the whole time and so what brings him down much like say palpatine uh, just can't he can't factor in connection, compassion, empathy, or love. It just it just it it's gonna trip yeah, him. He just up doesn't and take comprehend him. it. Yeah, yeah. And it, I do I, his death. It does make me think of uh, Palpatine's. It's ironic, you know. I killed him in his sleep. He could prevent everything, but his mm. own death. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. My Good final answer. one Good is uh, uh, Dale Cooper from Twin Peaks as both. Uh, there's uh, there's some great stuff going on with <laughs> Dale Cooper. There's some part of him that is he's a Jedi, uh, but then you know a lot of the storytelling of Twin Peaks is always duality, and uh, the duality that gets explored with Dale Cooper eventually, to me, then my Twin Peaks hot takes for the for the few people <laughs> who, who might care that the the duality of Dale Cooper when he's uh, when he's struggling between good and evil is his good side is very intuitive and his dark side is very controlling and that's really juicy uh Star mm. Wars stuff to me speaking of uh mm. of letting go mm. okay that's good I mean I, I you know I almost chose Billy the Kid from <laughs> Young Guns Young Guns too but uh you know, he's more Smith than Jedi but yeah. yeah I love that answer I wouldn't want you. I wouldn't want you to make this list without Doctor Who. Oh, thank you, you. thank you. Right. And I, I don't want to ever hear another list from you that doesn't include a weird baseball movie. <laughs> Mr. Destiny, people, check out Mr. Destiny. Uh, well, that, that yeah, was, uh, yeah. That was These all one. great thank questions. You. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, uh, Calum. And we are excited to take uh, more questions. If you have a question and you're a patron or uh, you're on Twitter on social media. Uh, got threads going, so you can always add questions uh, there, and that's the best way for me to find them. Absolutely. You want to find us on Twitter? Go to Force Center Pod. We are on Facebook at, at Force Center Podcast, on Instagram, YouTube as well. Subscribe over there. Podcast is uh, Housed on Anchor, available there. iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more, and now Amazon Music. You can get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash force center and support us directly at patreon.com slash force center or just tell a friend about force center. You can follow me at Cadnapsock or go to my website, cadnapsock.com. We've been trying to highlight uh, charities, and I'll be darned, I forgot to pull one out, so I'm going to my charity spotlight tab which is on my website which is why i have it there and i want to highlight something that i've actually been a part of for a while which is be the match at be the match.org you become a national bone marrow donor uh the process is pretty simple and that simple swabbing of your mouth to determine if you're right for it could save a life so go to be the match.org to do more check in yeah you can uh, follow me on twitter and instagram at joseph scrimshaw and check out my website for all my other comedy adventures my website is josephscrimshaw.com uh the thing that i would like to promote is not a charity per se but it is just getting involved it is the website the organization organization voteforward.org i promoted them a lot during the general election uh, but they are doing a new campaign for those important senate uh runoff elections on january 5th 
where you write letters, uh, nonpartisan, just encouraging people to use their power to go out and vote. If you want to sign up to send some letters to voters, you can go to voteforward.org. And all of you could become a Jedi <laughs> if you do that. There, use your voting power. That's a that's a skill. Uh, that is uh, it. Great stuff uh, for uh, all of you again with the questions, uh, the new stuff. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, we'll see you on Thursday for a look at, uh, from a certain point of view, uh, The Empire Strikes Back book part one. 20 stories. We'll get the 20 other stories next week so you can read along with us. We'll see you then for Joseph, for Jennifer Landon. Don't forget Jennifer Landon. Give her a follow. Uh, we play that commercial during the break so you can uh, follow her work. Uh, we will see you all next week on the first. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.